good morning. Happy Easter. He is risen. Amen. Hey, praise the Lord. Hey, we're glad you're here with us in-house. If you're joining us online, welcome on our Easter Sunday service. We're glad you're joining us. We have been going through a series on the weekends. We've been talking about the mission of Jesus. And we've specifically talked about how the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Spirit, were involved in the mission of Jesus. And uh, we have some symbols here on the stage. We see the triangle, which we use as a representation of God, that he's Father, Son, and Spirit, co-eternal and co-equal. And Jesus, as we, we have gone through the series, we've seen how the Spirit of God and the Father have been involved in, in his birth, in his temptation, in his baptism, in his life, uh, ultimately in his resurrection. And uh, one of the things about Christianity is there's an emptiness to it. There's an empty cross and there's an empty tomb. And we want to talk about specifically the empty tomb because it has incredible implications. And what I want to say to you this morning is this, that how you view Easter, how you view the, re view the resurrection is going to have an incredible impact on today, tomorrow, this week, this month, this year, and forever. And so we want to talk about those implications but it may be that you're here today and you are a skeptic. You say, I don't even believe, I don't even know if Jesus lived. I'm not even convinced that Jesus lived. Well, you know what? The interesting thing is we have a, a number of, of, of uh, historical references to Jesus. Let me just read you a couple of them. The first one is by Josephus, who was a Jew, Jewish historian. And he wrote this. Now, there was about this, this time Jesus, a wise man, it is, it, 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 if it be lawful to call him a man, for he was a doer of wonderful works, a teacher of such men as received the truth with pleasure. And that's Josephus from the first century talking about Jesus. There was another Roman uh, historian, and he wrote this, Christian comes from Christ, a person who had been executed as a criminal by the procurator uh, Pontius Pilate in the reign of Tiberius. So there's, there's a number of historical references to Jesus, and we take the Gospels to be historically accurate. And so we have absolutely, uh, we have uh, a historical record that Jesus lived here on earth. But I just want to say to you, if you're a skeptic, whether you're in the, in the audience today or you're watching, I just think that if you, it, you should, for your own sake, go on an all-out search for God. Don't, don't just assume, don't just listen to people what they say and take their opinion. You go and do this research. You owe it to yourself. And what I think you'll find is when you go on an all-out search for God, Jesus will find you. I think that will happen. So I challenge you to do that today. But what we want to do in our time together is we want to talk about what are the implications of the resurrection. What, what, are the, what is the significance of Easter for tomorrow this week, this month, because we need to know that. It's really important that you know that. It's important that you leave this place that are, as you're done watching this video online, that you walk away and you have a new hope. You have a new spring in your step. You have something that makes you get up in the morning, no matter what the day holds, and you have hope. And that's what we want to talk about today. Um, but the question we want to ask first is this, and it's, the re it's real relevant. What if Jesus didn't rise? What if he didn't come out of the tomb three days later? Well, Paul talks about that in 1 Corinthians. He said, if Christ 
has not been raised, your faith is futile. You're still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep or those who have died in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. Paul basically said, if Christ hasn't been raised from the dead, it's game over. It's game over. If all you have is this life here and now, you should pity yourself because you have no hope. There is no hope that goes beyond the grave. But I'm so thankful that he goes on to say in verse 20 of chapter 15, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. That's why we celebrate Easter, because the tomb was empty, because Jesus walked out of the tomb, because he's alive today. That's our hope that goes beyond the grave. Now, we want to talk about what difference does it make as we move forward? What difference does it make? There's three things that I think are significant for us to hear. Number one, because of Easter, because of the resurrection, it means your sins are paid in full. You're forgiven. You're forgiven. Now, whether you know it or not, everyone in this room and everybody watching needs to be forgiven. We've all said, we've all done things that are wrong. And there's a penalty, there's a you know, requirement for that, right? And so the bottom line is we all fall short. We all need help. But here's the problem. We think we can help ourselves. We think we can fix it. And we're in deeper than we know. We're really drowning and we need a lifeguard. That's why the rescue party of one Jesus Christ came. And there's people all over this community today that are trying very hard to be good enough to be accepted by God. Some of you have done that in your homes. You're doing it right now with your parents. You're trying to be good enough to hopefully that they'll love you and accept you, and I'm sorry for that. But sometimes we transfer that to God, our Father, and we say, well, I'll just live a good life. I'll just believe in Him. I'll just go to church. I'll just follow whatever the rules and regulations are of my religion. And if I do all of that, one day I'll be able to stand before God and God will say, you've done enough. Come on in. I want you to know that if you believe that, you're believing a lie. That's not the truth. You can't stand before God and hand him your resume of righteousness and say, I deserve to be here. You have to understand there's only one person who can pay the price, and he did it on the cross, and he paid it in full when he said, it is finished. And the Bible says that when you call upon the Lord, you're forgiven, forgiven. There's nothing you can do that will separate you from the love of the Father. There's no sin you can commit. And so I want you to understand that, 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 that there is freedom. When you stop trying to save yourself and you place your trust in Jesus Christ, he gives you new life now and forever. Let me read you a passage from Colossians. Paul writes, when you were dead in sins... And in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all of our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. 
When you put your trust in Jesus and stop trying to save yourself and you realize I need a savior and you call upon the Lord, your sins are nailed to the cross. Jesus says it is finished. For the first time in your life, you are forgiven. I want to tell you something. When I was a young, I was 18 years old and I went to a Bible study and I had been going to confession my whole life and I always walked out of confession thinking I don't know if I really got all the, all the sins and I don't know if I really confessed them sincerely. I mean, when I hit my brother, was I really sorry for that? No, I wasn't. He had it coming. But when I gave my burdens and my sins over to the Lord and I said, Jesus, I realize I'm a sinner and I realize you came as a rescue party of one for me, that you lived the life I should have lived, you died the death I should have died, I realized that you gave your life for me on the cross and when you gave your life for me, I want to give my life to you. For the first time in my life, I felt forgiven. Why? Because it didn't depend on me. I was relying upon Jesus. Where are you at in this whole thing of forgiveness? Are you trying to save yourself? Because what Easter tells us is paid in full, it is finished. You can walk out of here today and be forgiven. Anyone need forgiveness in this room? I do. <laughs> every day, every day of my life I need forgiveness. Here's the second thing that you need to, to uh, know. It means that you have a future which is both physical and forever. It's eternal. You know, Christianity has the most hope of any world religion. It really does. Now, I've gone through this a number of times, but I'm assuming that we have people here that have never heard me share this. There are sometimes people, it seems to me like they're saying, well, I don't know about Christianity because there's a lot of other world religions and they all teach good things. And I just want to say to you, in other words, they're saying there's a whole bunch of options out there. There's three options. It, you live this life, and then there's three options as what happens after you die. Okay, there's only three options. All the world religions boil down to three options, and here they are. Number one, you live, you die, you're done. It almost rhymes, doesn't it? You live, you die, you're done. And basically, this is the belief that all there is is the physical. That when a husband says to his wife on Valentine's Day, honey, I love you, that's just a chemical reaction in his brain. There's no feelings there. It's all manipulated. And the minute that your brain dies, so do you. All your memories, all your relationships, all your accomplishments, they're gone. That's materialism. That, that, that's what a number of people believe. You live and you die and you're done. Here's the opposite. Spiritualism. Spiritualism says you live and you die and you recycle. You, you, your soul is a, finally released from the prison of your body. And so when your body dies, your soul goes into the, the um, tank, the spiritual tank of the universe. And, and, and Basically, there's a lot of Eastern religions that hold this. You've got the karma, and, and all of that goes on. And you reincarnate, or you transmigrate. You may become a bug, or a, 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 a plant, or your energy force goes into the force of the universe. And then it comes out in another way of life. And maybe you'll be a person, and you'll have to go through good karma. You'll have good karma, and you'll be in a better place, or bad karma, and you're in a bad place, or whatever. That's spiritualism. 
But all your memories are gone. All your relationships are forgotten. All your accomplishments are over. You no longer ever existed. And then there's Christianity. What does Christianity say? You live and you die and then you really live. You get a whole new body. It's a resurrected body. You live on a new planet. It's called planet Earth, but it's going to be made new. There's a new Jerusalem, a city coming down on the earth. Uh, life, uh, life right now is going to be very similar to life in heaven, but it's going to be a hundred times, billion times better. It's going to be better than you ever imagined. And that, those are the options. So let me ask you, whether you, you're a believer or a skeptic, which one, if you wished one could be true, which one would you want to be true? I don't know about you, but I like, I like living with a body on a new heaven and a new earth. So, God has shown us what to expect. He's shown us his word. Like I said, there's a new heaven and a new earth. And it's, you know, you go out and you see the sunrise, the sunset, you see the beauty of the earth, and you go, wow, this is incredible. It's beautiful. You see the mountains. You see the valleys, you see the lakes, you see the oceans. Beauty of nature, right? Just imagine what it's going to be like one day when it's all made new. And there is going to be a correlation to what you do now. We will eat, we will drink, all those different things. There'll be just hugs, high fives, all this stuff. Because we're going to have physical bodies to do all of that stuff with. There's some things you won't have in heaven. Can I just share with you what you won't have in heaven? No more crying. No more cancer. No more pain or grief. No more funerals. No more regret. No more racism. No more anger. No more rage. No more domestic, domestic abuse. No more war. No more natural, natural disasters. No more hunger. I could go on and on. They won't be there. They won't be there. Here's what Paul says. This is kind of an incredible passage of Scripture. He says, "What, What no eye has seen, and what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love Him. These are the things that God has revealed to us by His Spirit. So some of these things we know about, new heaven and new earth, a body, physical body, but there's some things Paul basically says, if you try to view it, if you try to hear it, if, if you try to imagine what it was like, you would fall woefully short. In other words, he says, dream a little dream. When you think of heaven, dream a little dream. Because you have yet to imagine what heaven will be like. Can I give you a couple of scenarios? Imagine that you're a mom, you're a parent, you've lost a child, and it was difficult, still is. Imagine that heaven could be a place where you raise this little child. Paul says, eye has not seen, ear has not heard. What the Lord has prepared for those that love him, if that is something that would you go, wow, it would be so cool. I can't, I didn't even think that could be possible. Yeah, that's the point. And some of you are saying, well, Pastor Matt, I don't know if that's going to be, 
Well, it might not be. But if that's not, it's going to be even better than that. I don't even know what that is. That's Paul's point. Maybe you're, 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 you're in a race. You're saying, man, I got to get this done. I got to get this done. I got to get this done. I got to see this. I got to see this. I got to see this. And I'm going, I'm not sure what your rush is. Paul says, there are things that you may have wanted to do here and now, but you'll be able to do it in heaven, and it's going to be even better than that. Let your mind go wild. But here's the best part of heaven. The best part of heaven is that God will be present. You say, so what? You know what every one of us is struggling with? We all want to know that our life matters. We all want to know that we're loved. And we all want to have a life that's satisfying. And we are going to be standing before the one who gives all of those things to us. He gives us security. He gives us significance. He calls you sons and daughters. He gives you satisfaction. You will have an incredible satisfaction. It's like being in a desert for a week and then having a sip of cold water. When you stand in the presence of God, when you gaze upon God, you will immediately be transformed because you'll feel the power of his acceptance and love and glory. And it will, it will, uh, it will be, can we use the word awesome? It will truly be awesome. And you will say, there is something about being in the presence of God that, whoa, you've experienced it a little bit, haven't you? With, you've had moments with people and things. Imagine having that forever. Here's number three. It means that we have a divine function and purpose here and now see what the resurrection does and what heaven does is it it helps us to see that life in on this in this life is important and it's significant because paul basically says in in um verse uh, 58 of chapter 15 always give yourself fully to the work of the lord because your labor in the Lord is not in vain. God sees what you do. Other people miss it, but God sees it. Some of you parents have worked really hard raising your children up, and they may not be appreciative of it. You failed me, you know. You, you hear that? You hearing that from your kids now? And you go, man, I tried. I did, we did our best. And God says, I saw, I watched, I know. You feel like your labor doesn't matter, that nobody cares, nobody sees it. He does. He always does. And he understands. Some of you have been misrepresented. People have, have put motives on you, and, and you, there's nothing you could do. But God says, I see what you're doing, and I see your heart. I understand what's going on there. Here's the point that Jesus, that Paul's making. He says, if Jesus doesn't walk out of that tomb, nothing in your life really matters. But if Jesus walks out of that tomb and he did, 
then everything matters. Your labors aren't in vain. Your life has a purpose and it has meaning. And here's the best part of all of it. When you understand the implications of the resurrection, when you understand the implications of Easter, when life gets hard here and now, with your eyes fixed and your imagination going wild, you'll say, this is not the end. This is merely a bump in the road. Because Jesus rose, and he's the first fruits. And as he rose, so will I. So where are you today? Has there ever been a time where you called upon the Lord? You said, Jesus, I realize I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. Have you ever prayed to receive Jesus Christ? Why not today? What's holding you back? Like I said, maybe you're a skeptic. Well, then do an all-out search. Don't just assume. Do a search. And maybe you're here today, and, and this world has gotten you down because you've been living as though there is no heaven, there is no resurrection. You need to start dreaming. You need to start thinking about what God has in store for those that love him. That's the message of Easter. Take that with you today, and God will lift you up no matter what the world brings. Let's pray. Father, thank you for bringing us together. Thank you for the resurrection. Thank you for the hope that you give us that goes beyond the grave. I pray that as we take these truths from your word, they would go deep into our hearts and they would help us. I pray that some would come to you and give their lives to you maybe today for the first time on Resurrection Sunday. I pray that some would would find a new hope and maybe they've lost it. I pray, Father, that every one of us would walk out with a renewed faith and a renewed hope because Jesus is the first fruits of all who have died and come back to life. We give you praise and thanks for Jesus who is alive today. And we give you thanks in his name. Amen.